Hi, my name is Welcome to the Sarah Nikan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Billboard K-pop correspondent and BTS Blood, Sweat, and Tears author, Tamara Herman. Hi! Hi! How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. This is so fun. I feel like two of my worlds are colliding right now. <laughs> are you a big K-pop fan too? I am a somewhat K-pop So I always feel weird to like... I got into K-pop around like Super Junior, um, what's that, B- not BTS, um, what's that other group, SS501, like that <gasps> era. Like That was when I became a fan. Yeah, okay, so, and then I kind of fell off though, because at some point there were just too many, and it was like Red Velvet, and uh, I don't even remember who else, and I was just like, I cannot keep up with this anymore, and I just got overwhelmed, and I just kind of like, left. <laughs> <gasps> it's okay. I know. It's I okay. Know. But, um. But, you know, every so often, like, my friend, one of my close friends is, is still a K-pop fan. We kind of became K-pop fans at the same time. So, like, she'll, like, send me songs. I, like, I, I stay in the loop. And, like, obviously when BTS happened, you know, I was just like, oh, I need to check out this group. Because <laughs> clearly they are everything right now. Um, but, yeah, so. Um, but, yeah, but I'm definitely K-pop, K-dramas, um, big fan of both. And big fan of Sailor Moon. <laughs> same. <Yeah. laughs> you are in the right place yes um so first question i ask everyone is what's your first memory of watching sailor moon uh i don't it's not like i don't really remember like what episode it was or anything but i remember (laughs) getting up early sunday mornings to watch sailor moon with my older sister and then being like devastated because my family never had cable until i think after i graduated from high school so like there were very few kids shows on broadcast in new york and so uh most of them aired saturday mornings but i'm jewish and sabbath observant so saturday i don't watch tv so it was like only for like a few hours on sunday mornings was there anything other than like pbs to watch as a child oh and fox 5 used to have in the afternoon Mm -hmm. on fridays but that was it there was very limited kids shows So Sailor Moon, for a very brief period of my life, was on Sunday mornings. And, like, I've never been someone who wakes up early on Sunday. Like, even as a kid, I wanted (laughs) to sleep in. But we would wake up because we wanted to watch it. And it was, like, something me and my older sister did. Uh, And then it disappeared. And then I only ever got to watch Sailor Moon when I was um, being babysat by a neighbor who had cable. (laughs) And uh, and then it took, like, a lot longer in life for me Mm -hmm. to get to like watch the whole thing and then read read it um but it's always been very fond memories for me yeah what um what channel was it on do you remember i feel like it was on upn which yeah okay like i think it was on upn mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't on fox i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was upn and then like i would try to convince my mom that she needed to let me go get babysat by the neighbor because <laughs> i could watch it on toonami right uh, and then oh we used to so like I feel so old but like we used to rent Sailor Moon movies from like the video store but it was like the VHS's yeah, um yeah. And, the, and like our library and stuff oh good times oh, that's awesome yeah no VHS tapes will always have a special place in my heart <laughs> for yes. some reason yes. yeah I um I think I bought the movies from like Target or something <laughs> but I have the VHS tapes too and they're oh. great oh my gosh amazing yeah yeah oh that's so cool though yeah i think upn is right i've heard a lot of people say that and it's funny because i never knew i knew that was a thing because it used to come on in the morning sometimes but i never watched it then for some reason 
Because I know some people I'll talk to like, yeah, I used to watch that before school. And I was like, it came on before school? Because I always watch it on Tsunami. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember if it was on also during weekdays, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I could be totally wrong and it could have been weekdays, but that's how I remember it. Um, no, no, it, could, it totally could have been Sunday go too. I was not up early Google enough to know. Google a 1998 <laughs> TV <laughs> schedule. <Right>. TV guide. <laughs> Oh my gosh, TV guides. Start getting those in the newspaper. Like we used to convince my dad he needed to get a New York Times subscription because we needed the TV <laughs> listings. Who cared about anything else? We right. needed the weekly TV guide. Who needs to know what's going on in the world? Nobody. What is happening Sunday morning? <laughs> what time is Sarah Moon coming on? Yes. Yeah. I completely get it. Um, so what did you how did you feel? What were you thinking as you were watching? Uh I remember uh, like something I'm a huge like Power Rangers fan and so Sailor Moon was kind of like the the answer to Power Rangers lack of women uh, so yeah. even even though I love Power Rangers and I mm-hmm. still have a special place in my heart for it like Sailor Moon was kind of you know it's just a bunch of you know magical girls like mm-hmm. not to to be stereotypical but they yeah. all like every episode was about you know not only the monster of the day but their friendship which like a lot of kids shows did back then and i guess still do now i don't really watch so many kids shows now mm-hmm. um except the dragon prince i'm very into that oh, yeah, that's good uh but mm-hmm. so i guess it's a it's a you know a general kid show thing but i just like mm-hmm. i always remember you know cheering for their relationships and always feeling like oh like i hope i can be like these girls or why like why are why are they acting this way but they're just people too and you know it's just a tv show but it it really meant a lot to me like you know seeing like you know back then you know when when i was like oh serena um (laughs) (laughs) oh who the hell is it usagi like um but it just was always like you know i feel like a lot of the times you know kids shows characters you know the main character is is someone who kind of has some like like personality issues but I felt like it was like a big deal that she was a crybaby and I was a huge crybaby so Mm -hmm. I was just like see even a crybaby can be really you know she can have friends and she can have you know she can save the day and like everything like it doesn't matter because you'll eventually find the place and the people and like your thing in life and I just remember finding a lot of inspiration from that yeah yeah, it's, I think, one of the most relatable things, you know, being that you can be a hero and you can be, you know, a crybaby or clumsy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, this is wonderful. And and she was never my favorite character, but I was always inspired by her. Yeah. Who is your favorite character? Um, nowadays, it's uh, it's like uh, Setsuna, Sailor Saturn, uh, Sailor Pluto, Sailor Pluto. Pluto. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, Saturn, Saturn's good, too, but Pluto's mm-hmm. better. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but then it was when I was younger it was Venus like before they had you know the outer um, Mm -hmm. sailor scouts so that's who I like now I relate a lot with Pluto as an adult so I so like my friends will buy me like stuff uh, that has her on it like keychains and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so it's fun yeah it's actually I don't think I mentioned it on this podcast before but I think Pluto is my second favorite for sure like Sailor was my first uh, Pluto is probably my second. I actually just bought a, a Sailor Pluto keychain from Hot Topic, so I'm really Ooh. happy about that. I really want a Sailor Pluto mug, and I'm looking for a good one. Ooh. So if anyone sees a good one, um... yeah, I think I want to say there's one on Look Human, but I oh. could be completely wrong. I'm gonna go Google after this. Yeah, <laughs> I might be completely wrong. 
but yeah, that's a that's the one thing that that kind of um sucks a little bit. Like you don't we don't get a lot of outer senshi merch. No. Yeah, we don't really get a lot of inner senshi merch either. We just get usagi all the yeah. time. Yeah, but it's great. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take what we can get. <laughs> she is the best. She is. Um, but yeah, so many years later, um, you are now K-pop correspondent at Billboard, and you have a whole book about BTS. I do. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of wild. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, this is, I guess, maybe not a great question, but what made you want to write about BTS? Um, I wanted to write about BTS because not only do I love BTS, I kind of was, like, looking. I was like, why is nobody writing this book? So <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to do yeah. it. Um, and actually, uh, an editor reached out to me because I was writing a lot about BTS. I probably have, I, like, last night I actually was thinking about it. I was like, how many articles have I written? And then I realized, well, I wrote a whole book, so that was at least mm. 70,000 words. Uh, so right. I've written probably upwards of a hundred thousand words on BTS at this point, like professionally. And I just kind of was just like, I love them so much. And I want to write hopefully a book that could, you know, be a starting point for people who necessarily aren't, I'm not writing this necessarily for the diehard fans who, you know, already have their idea of who BTS is and who, how to be a BTS fan or what they stand for and stuff, because that's a really kind of like a really personal thing. So mm -hmm. I hope those fans read it, but that's not necessarily who my audience is. My audience is kind of, I'm hoping for people who, you know, are interested in learning about mm -hmm. BTS. So like it's the title, people keep on asking, why isn't it blood, tears and sweat? And I'm just <laughs> like, but that's one of their songs is blood, sweat yeah. and tears. And I actually, I wanted the title to be blood, sweat and tears, the story of BTS, but marketing told me no so um that was my intent but so it's split up into three sections so blood aligns with their history sweat aligns with their music and tears aligns with kind of these mini essays that are like uh analytically kind of trying to understand bts the phenomena their fandom and their message so and there's um it was supposed to be a little bit more heavier on interviews but shit happens and it's my first book so I'm gonna oh can I curse is that okay yeah no you're okay <laughs> um so yeah so shit happens and so it's just my first book so I'm hoping there will be more to follow but um definitely a learning experience and I hope that people really like it I just kind of you know that BTS is such you know everyone talks about it as this phenomena and it's just like okay well what does that mean so that's mm -hmm. kind of what I hope my book answers for people who both are, you know, fans and trying to figure it out themselves and trying to figure out, like, why am I into this? Like, why do I love this thing? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm really into, like, academic research on fandom. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot of papers on, like, what K-pop fans are doing. That's different than other fandoms. And that, my book definitely does not go into that because it's not an academic book. <laughs> but um, I do have that slant. So it's it's a pretty intense introduction to BTS and I hope people enjoy it yeah yeah I love that you also you like not only just like use the name of their song as your title but you kind of like broke it up and like applied it to you know different parts of their journey yeah I mean it's I, I wish I could say that it was like just fortuitous but I I think <laughs> I was really daunted at the start of the whole mm -hmm. process of like writing a whole book on one topic because I write pretty short form articles like most of my articles are 
rarely over 2000 words. So the idea, like there was one night after, you know, my book was already like, I already had got, a, I think my first advance. And I just remember sitting there at my desk, like, how am I going to write this much <laughs> in one topic in one go? And like, people are going to read it. So I needed to, um, I had already decided to split it up at that point, but it was kind right. of more um, of a tool for me to kind of split it up, but also because mm. I felt I'm a, I'm a pretty, like my background uh, in news is that I got an internship at NBC in New York when I was in college and because um, I went to a CUNY school and one of our professors oh. had a relationship there and uh, CUNY is city, uni- the like city university of New York for anyone listening who may not yeah. know. So I'm also CUNY. Okay. Oh really? Yeah. Which campus? I went to city college. Oh, so funny. I went to Queens. Yay! <laughs> oh, <so> <laughs> Yay. Um, you should go there, everybody, because it's the only affordable option in college in this country. In my honest is, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so one of my professors in in like totally not my main major or anything. My major is in East Asian studies, and like I did a history minor and stuff. But of course, it was my business minor professor who was like um, doing internships, and I didn't want any of the business ones, and so mm-hmm. I took one at NBC, which he just happened to have, and I was like oh, cool. So um, I had always wanted to be a journalist, but I didn't really think it was possible. I'm I'm a very Jewish person. And um, because I'm Orthodox, there's like a lot of financial expectations of how you're gonna make money because you have to like live that certain lifestyle, like school fees, once you're a parent are ridiculous. And you have like synagogue dues that are just ridiculous. And the kosher Mm -hmm lifestyle is ridiculous so like that like the amount that orthodox jews in the new york area like at a minimum are expected to make is like bonkers and should not be like legal um so i never really thought journalism was possible because it just was like writers don't make money that was pretty much the end of it but i was like well i'm just in college so i can take this internship um and at that point i was already blogging about k-pop so i got this like really intense hard news background at NBC and then mm-hmm. I continued writing about K-pop and now I'm where I am but because this is a long way to say because I have that hard news background I kind of am very um like focused on facts and stuff so I don't mm-hmm. like giving my opinion and I really like I was thinking about this I was like shoot did I even say the word I once in this <laughs> book and I was just like I read my friend um, my friend Maria Sherman just wrote um, Larger Than Life, which is a book about boy bands, and it's wonderful. And I was reading it, and I was, like, ready to throw it across the room because I was so jealous because it was such a different style to me. And I was like, this is so much better. She is so good with it. I was like, no, it's okay. You have a different writing style. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little bit more, like, I want to talk about everything, so I'm going to. And hers mm-hmm. is kind of like, I'm going to share my opinion, um, which is just two different uh, approaches to writing about boy bands <laughs> um, so so yeah so I kind of tried to we kept on going through a lot of editing because BTS kept doing stuff and we kept on trying to get stuff in <laughs> yeah. so like I'm sure you know in 10 years I'm gonna want to revise it and update it mm-hmm. and I'm really excited for that because it'll be so much better and bigger yeah they really like I for some reason I I didn't I, I anticipated K-pop becoming a bigger thing um, in the U.S. Um, but then once Psy happened, I was like, okay, maybe that was it, you know? Yeah. But um, I didn't anticipate, like, BTS, like, you know, this huge crossover. And then, like, now we have, like, K-dramas on Netflix. And I'm like, what is this world? 
it's kind of it's kind of jarring mm-hmm. um, it really is but it's yeah it's it's great but it's it's like there's so much now expectations and so mm-hmm. much um more intensity and like there's so much more weight like you know uh, a few years ago it was kind of just like oh like that's just the way things happen in k-pop and now there's so much more great like great stuff like great criticism of k-pop there could be more of like music criticism that's just a music thing right mm-hmm. now but like there's a lot of discussions recently about racism in the fandoms right. um like artists in korea not really respecting black fans or indian fans or mm-hmm. you know appropriating right pretty regularly unfortunately and just like a lot of discourse is happening about like what do you like how do you handle k-pop when i think like maybe even five years ago it was like fans just were not expecting it fans were just like oh well they're not pandering to us like you know it's we're Mm -hmm. the ones who are seeking it out but now things have totally changed and i think it's great and i hope you know I hope it continues. People always ask me, like, when do you think, like, where do you think we are in this K-pop wave? And I just, I'm, I'm not a prophet and I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm like yeah. such a pessimistic person. I'm still sitting here like, maybe it's not real. Um, <laughs> but it is real, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it continues for a long time. I think we're kind of really seeing a change of things in America, how we consume culture, at least like how media companies mm-hmm. consume culture and what cultures we're interested in nowadays so i'm hopeful mm-hmm. that we'll see more of this and more just general diversity on on like our music and streaming platforms and tv platforms and stuff and i hope i hope bts and k-pop just keep going higher and higher yeah yeah i think you mentioned it in the book too just how like the internet has created a way for more fans to reach international music in general mm-hmm because um, even I think like there's like Nigerian artists who are really big getting really big in the U.S. now too um, and then obviously some like uh, English acts and I'm trying to think of where else um, obviously Latin America you mentioned that a lot as well um, but yeah so it's definitely becoming this like <laughs> yeah I'm, like, I'm worldwide music <laughs> yeah I'm honestly really kind of surprised we're not seeing more like African artists like you mentioned how mm-hmm. a lot of Nigerian musicians are kind of blowing it but like people are just kind of like oh yeah I listen to them but I'm not writing articles about them but that's you know just right. America for you and, yeah. and music industries for you yeah I mean I could see it I'm sure it's it's gonna come eventually like with Afropunk and then uh what's the um oh I'm forgetting the Afrobeats it has to yeah it's like it's yeah it's it's bound to happen for sure but yeah I think I think like um I think that's a great thing about streaming both music like Mm -hmm. music streaming and video streaming is kind of you're now not you know reliant on like going back to Sailor Moon like I wasn't Mm -hmm. you know you were not reliant on that tv guide anymore you make your own tv guide or your algorithm does and so I think like if you're seeking out different music different culture like cultural entertainment properties I think it's like only can happen in this this era of the internet and I think it's so wonderful yeah yeah I think yeah definitely don't have to rely on tv guides or VHS tapes (laughs) anymore (laughs) um I love too you connect them to the Beatles which I think is they might be the most accurate comparison like, and I didn't think about it before because, like, I was talking about global sensations. 
like BTS is that. Like as much as I love the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> I don't know how much they achieved globally, or I don't think they reached a scale as big as BTS. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of hard to you know define the scale of like artists mm-hmm. in the '90s versus now because you know That's their fair. album sales might be higher than some artists now but they're not Mm -hmm. necessarily getting the same amount of radio play or listen like streams and stuff uh backstreet boys and nsync were pretty big uh Mm -hmm. they're pretty big and i think their album sales were probably bigger than you know bts i don't know if they're bigger than bts like Mm -hmm. on us for a single album but because they had multiple albums during like the heyday of cd sales um i'm trying to remember what maria said in her book um she did say like their numbers but Mm -hmm. it was like totally different like they were really focused Backstreet Boys were really focused on Europe like they got popular in Europe before the U.S. Um, yeah it's it's a fascinating Mm -hmm. book really uh I like I'm I'm, like telling everyone like (laughs) read that then read mine because you need like the background and then you need the like you know the like the lens on like a microscope uh, BTS (laughs) but um it's really fascinating how like boy bands work but yeah I do uh, I do in the book spend a lot of time kind of processing how BTS is kind of like the I don't want to say like the second coming of the Beatles, mm-hmm. but it's like that next step in the global music stage mm-hmm. from the Beatles when it comes to like a boy band because like there's a lot of similarities um, regarding in just in my mind personally about how you know the Beatles the songs that they were singing about and the songs that BTS sing about like. Beatles had anti-war songs and BTS a lot of their early stuff was really critical of like socio-political stuff in Korea and their songs have continued to do that and then they also have you know love songs and stuff so because um, every good boy band has to and oh, yeah. and that like kind of um like uh dichotomy of songs and in the book I kind of I just like broke it down to like the bare basics of like life songs and love songs because I just think that at the end of the day, that's kind of what they are. And um, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the thing that for both acts made them interesting. You know, it's like the nice packaging of, you know, handsome, young, attractive men who perform really well. But then it's like the music itself and the entertainment Mm -hmm. value that their music like is the jumping off point from. That's -hmm. really interesting. And I think the Beatles kind of launched this, this, you know, we literally it's like, um, like the British invasion, like we talk about how the British music scene kind of followed after the Beatles. And I think kind of BTS is similar leading kind of K-pop into the US. You know, uh, fans always say like, oh, BTS paved the way. And then you'll see like fans who, like you mentioned, like um, Super Junior and Double S earlier, mm-hmm. like older fans will be like, no, but other artists paved the way. And it's like this whole thing. But when you yeah. look literally at like actually like what's happening, it's like they did open up, you know, the whole industry because you know i love old k-pop acts i once i once said it and it's always stuck with my head i was like wow that was a smart thing i said it's mm-hmm. like i love old k-pop acts if i am not talking about them or i don't know them yet it's probably just because i don't have enough time um, <laughs> yeah. like uh, like i don't want to like generalize but like i think mm-hmm. that you know k-pop stars and k-pop music is really well done and really entertaining and there's something mm-hmm. for everyone and it's so lovely but i do think you know when we talk on like the the scale of like global music history, like BTS is kind of close and following in not necessarily Beatles footsteps, but is, is like the obvious um, 
I don't want to say comparison because I do think it's mm-hmm. it's kind of reductive to compare artists. But right. you know, sometimes you just have to because people mm-hmm. don't um, have you know a, a knowledge point. But I think just mm-hmm. the things that they're doing, the way that they're doing, like BTS went on um, was it the Tonight Show? What's Stephen Colbert's show? Yeah, um, it's the oh, it's, Late Show. Uh, late Show. Late mm-hmm. Show. So they went on the Late Show, and you know they paid this total homage to the Beatles performing on the late show. Mm-hmm. They like did the whole black and white thing. They wore the suits. Like they're even cognizant of it. And right. so I think, you know, they're paying both respect and also kind of doing their own thing. And I think it's really kind of, that's kind of why I introduced that really early on in the book is because I think like um, for a lot of people who don't know BTS and a lot of people who kind of maybe think that they know the Beatles, you know, like mm-hmm. when like, like you're, it's, I think you're around the same age as me like nowadays mm-hmm. like Beatles are kind of like our parents thing mm-hmm. like I always think like wow isn't it gonna be so funny when in like 25 years like the BTS is like kids are like think looking to their parents like oh that's what you listened to when you were younger <laughs> yeah. um, and hopefully they're still listening to just like how the Beatles are still popular but right. it's I, so I think like that's kind of like my hoping that into existence uh, like that legacy is as long lasting and you know they do kind of shake up the global music scene kind of like how the Beatles shook up the American music scene with by bringing you know or you know not intentionally but like bringing mm-hmm. British music to the U.S. so I right. think I'm kind of hoping that BTS does that both for K-pop and just general more like music from Asia from outside of the U.S. because heaven only knows like America is so um, like focused on our music mm-hmm. scene. Like sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we'll look to Puerto Rico and Mexico maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But like, like this is just like totally a non sequitur. But like the fact that Little Mix has like no audience in the U.S. is probably the most ridiculous thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're such a good girl group. We love, you know, good girl groups in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's just not gaining traction because right now the U.S. is just like, hey, Euro pop, Brit pop, who needs that? Um, so I think it's just a really fascinating kind of era we're in where so many people in the U.S. are like, no, we, we're just America, music, American music, and maybe, you know, some Canadians too. But um, mm-hmm. BTS kind of did their own thing and changed things. And I'm, I'm really hoping and I'm, I kind of we're already seeing the impact of that that BTS kind of has laid the foundation for a more globalized music scene yeah yeah I think they already are like you just said um I think we're already seeing you know the impact you know I see more K-dramas on Netflix every day and um I'm pretty sure they're an entryway for a lot and like a uh I wouldn't say like a proof point to others, but like, look, they, they are popular. This could work here, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, like Blackpink is also really, really popular. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, I always wonder like, like, is, is it, you know, the chicken or the egg? Is it like people were kind of already aware of K-pop mm-hmm. a few years ago and they were just right. kind of waiting for some people like BTS to, to show up. And then, you know, they were like, oh, now we can bet you know on other acts so you know there's uh while we're recording there's all these rumors that selena gomez is going to work with blackpink on something mm-hmm. you know they've worked with dua lipa bts has worked with nikki and sia and right. chain smokers and you know steve aoki designer so many people like while mm-hmm. i 
And so I think I'm like always kind of fascinated on how, you know, it's not a con- like a conscious thing. Like nobody's like, oh, I'm, I'm keeping, nobody in the industry is like sitting on their chair on the edge of their seats. <laughs> like, will a K-pop act attract an audience in the US? So I think it's just so fascinating how the industry is responding to all of this. And I think it's mm-hmm. just, I think it's so wonderful. And also kind of sometimes scary because you're just like, what if like, this is it? Like, what if this is all we get for like, Asian representation in America for the next like decade because America it tends to do things like that and so I think there's a lot of good conversations that happen that are happening right now and it's it's great that BTS is at the center of so many of them yeah and I think you're right too like it definitely you know I mentioned Psy before even though yeah. it's a little gimmicky but also like Girls Generation appeared on David Letterman yeah a few years ago so there's definitely been like this slow build and hopefully, I think, I mean, I'm going to be optimistic that it'll continue yeah, and I, expand. Yeah, I mean, for sure, Girls' mm-hmm. Generation, I remember, like, seeing their ad in Times Square. Yeah. And, like, 21 had that Microsoft ad. Like, it's it's always, like, been little tiptoes. Right. It's, like, baby steps. And then BTS was just like, screw the baby steps. We're just right. running. We're and here. <laughs> we're here. And it's so amazing because, like, it's not, you know, nobody said, okay, we're going to make this our thing. But it's just, like the fans did it and like the music did it and they did it and their company did it like there's so many different factors involved you know in the industry um I think I mentioned in the book like some industry stagnation was in my perception was probably a big pull for a lot of fans you know there's mm-hmm. no one direction Bieber had already lost his his sheen like mm-hmm. We love boy bands and boy band right. style people in, in the U.S., but there's only ever one at a time. Yeah. There's only ever one. And so, like, we were waiting. Who is it? And it was BTS, and it's so yeah. cool. Um, I just really? think it's yeah. I think it's so fun and exciting time we're living in. And terrible sometimes, but also fun oh, yeah. and exciting. Yeah, all at once. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think just right time, right place. Yeah. And they had the music mm. <laughs> and the look. Yep. Hey Moonies, here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that Sailor Moon creator Naoko Takayuchi is married to Yu Hakusho and Hunter x Hunter creator Yoshihiro Togashi? I know, power couple goals. If you're a fan of 90s anime like me, head over to NamiWare to get some of the best anime-inspired streetwear from Akira, Slam Dunk, and you guessed it, Yu Hakusho. They also show love to newer shows like My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer, but they sell out quick, so head over to NamiWare.com to get some of the best anime-inspired streetwear out there. And use code Moonies Club to get 20% off. Um, what is your favorite BTS song and what is your favorite Beatles song? Um, everyone keeps on asking me, oh, is Blood, Sun, and Tears your favorite BTS right. song? It, it's, I, I don't, it's not really. Um, it, it's my favorite music video. Uh, I often, I have a lot of favorite BTS songs. Um, I'm someone who loves music so much that mm-hmm. I, I think I like change really like like how fast I put things on shuffle I change my favorite song but I often mm-hmm. when people ask me like what BTS song makes me the happiest it's usually Anpan Man which is from one of their more recent albums you know in their um oh my gosh when was it well please cut this out because that's embarrassing uh <laughs> it was a love yourself album I was just making sure because now yeah the soul stuff uh so yeah so Anpan Man from their love yourself series just I think it's so exhilarating and so um, inspiring so even though I do have other songs from like their earlier albums that I also really love 
I always kind of when I'm when I was writing this al- when I was writing this album when I was writing this <laughs> book I it was one of the songs on my like day to day playlist of like sometimes like sometimes I, everyone's like oh you must have only listened to BTS while you were writing it and and I did mostly listen to BTS while I was writing it but sometimes mm-hmm. I I threw, had a playlist that was like BTS and IU I'm not sure if you're familiar um, but familiar. she's um, a popular singer in Korea she's great and she yeah, recently yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah worked with um sugar of bts on her song eight um so oh yeah she's great (laughs) um so i actually i put like one of her albums um she has these cover albums called a flower bookmark there's two of them Mm -hmm. right now and they're like covers of older songs from korea and i just really like how she puts them together like they they feel old but new and it's like a it's like my happy place so i'd put those um interspersed with really intense bts songs that make me happy but it was a lot of like newer stuff which i thought was really funny because i was just like oh i guess these are like that like the happy bts songs because the early stuff there were some happy stuff but it was a lot of like stressful angsty stuff like no more dream and no um so i put like um Anpan man and i'm fine and dimple um and these are just songs that like i wanted to be in a in a headspace that was both very calming and very kind of euphoric while I was writing because they all have pretty high BPMs um, and I use have the songs that in those albums have pretty low BPMs so mm-hmm. I'd kind of put it on shuffle and have like a good like almost like I was on a treadmill <laughs> <laughs> a uh, roller coaster. yeah so it'd be like okay I need to like yeah. um, and I'd, I used I wrote the book after um, work because I'm a freelancer but I mm-hmm. um, until miss corona arrived um <laughs> i was re- i um i was expected to write a certain amount of articles for billboard every day even though i was freelance and mm-hmm. nobody should do that don't be permalance it's terrible um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's the worst uh but so i'd write after uh like work hours or after i was done my workload so i'd usually stay up and write and so like at the end of the day i would like need a brand new revitalizing playlist and it was always and it was this one and I thought it was so fun that like I made my own little playlist and I was like really laughing at myself and I was like it should just be BTS and I was like yeah but you have to pace yourself and I couldn't yeah. pace myself with BTS stuff but there were some times when I had like one BTS song on repeat for like a hundred times and I was just like you need to I like often listen to classical music too while I was doing it it was really weird writing a book is so weird because I never like I spend all my days listening to k-pop and I'm always writing with it out of the background but I needed to be in like such a different headspace for this Mm. book a book is so different than just an article it's so weird I can't like explain that enough no I can I get it I think because I can imagine like you have to be much more of like I wouldn't say academic headspace but like it's a lot more there's a little, I don't know, I don't know, but I think I understand where you're coming from. I had to try so hard not to repeat myself, like, even mm-hmm. when we were, like, editing it, editing it the last time, I was like, didn't I say this already, or did I just read this 600 times? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it was a really fascinating experience, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but so yeah, sorry, really long answer, because I talk way too much. Um, yeah. My, probably my favorite BTS song that I recommend to people who, like, kind of want to, you know, kickstart a moment is on Pun Man and my mm-hmm. favorite Be- Beatles song is total opposite it is Eleanor Rigby oh I don't yeah. know there's, <laughs> there's something about it I don't know what it is yeah. it's great yeah how about you do you have fatal, favorite Beatles and BTS yeah. songs 
So, I mean, I, I love Frontiers um, for yes. PTS, but it's probably, I'm, I love visuals, so, like, mm. yeah, like, if you have a good music video, I most likely will love the song. Like, I love the Law Song by Rain, because mm. that music video is just yeah. so fun. It's so intense. Yeah. Um, Beatles, I really like, um, I think it's something. Oh. It's such a pretty song. Good choice. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah. So those are my options. Thank you for asking. I always like when people ask me stuff. I want to know about <laughs> you too. It's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the most interesting you learned while writing the book? Most interesting thing I learned. Probably that I could write a book. Yeah, um, yeah that's good. <laughs> um, oh, it was so long ago. I'm trying to like think about like yeah. what did I know versus what did I not know oh, going yeah, into it. Hard. Oh, actually, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I was gonna say when I had to write a piece for about Sailor Moon for Teen Vogue, and I started out just like, let me see how much I can write just purely off of knowledge, <laughs> and it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember like the first time. I would, like most of the times when I had to Google something, it was because I was like pulling a lot of facts and data and mm-hmm. I wanted to try to make sure it was right. And even then my fact checker was like, you switched off between US dates and Korean dates. And I was just like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. So we had to go and deal with that. And I'm sure there's going to be one that was messed up, but hopefully nobody knows this. Um, I don't know if this was like the most interesting thing, but uh, I thought it was really interesting that... Um, and I kind of knew this already, but it was like, it was a reminder, like J-Hope's nickname was Smile Hoya. And I just mm. thought that was so cute. Um, yeah, that is cute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some other, mm-hmm. some interesting things. Like, I didn't know that they were on like an Issa Gee album as like, or mm. they being kind of really RM before BTS's debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I had known, like, one of my favorite things is I'm a... Um, I'm a big fan of the like um, K-pop vocal group 2AM. Oh yeah. So 2AM was JYP and Big Hit like collaboration, and so BTS's name was like used. I don't know if it's the first time. I have to like check the timeline which album came out first, but one of the first times they appeared, and I, I'm guessing the first time I ever heard of them was when um, they uh, like featured like Bang Tansonio Don on a 2AM song. Um, and J-Hope actually appeared in one of Joe Kwan's songs and performances and stuff. So, um, that wasn't something I learned, but what did I learn? I mean, I learned a lot, but it's just like, oh, I don't know. I had to think about that. I learned so much. Yeah. I can imagine just, I mean, I, I figured by writing the book, you know, you, you learn so much. So much. Yeah. Um, and then you, you got to interview them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've interviewed them twice. Most recently, I interviewed them just recently for their Map of the Soul 7 album. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really proud of that interview. It was a really, really fast, really quick interview because they had a whole media junket and those things always suck and you always are just like, I just want to get one good question in. And um, it was really fun because I did get a few good questions in and, and the video that um, we released for it was really a great interview and I'm really happy that people enjoyed it but um mm-hmm. I I like asked uh if if they thought of the album as a as like a love song to their career and and then, or a love poem I don't remember what my phrasing was and mm-hmm. RM was just like oh yes and I was just like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> he liked my yeah. idea 
um but yeah I mean it's just how it felt to me so you know like you I just wanted to hear their perspective on it and and like I kind of like you know I always try if I have a question where I kind of want to hear their opinion on something I think you know I always try to do it as like it sounds like this so can you tell me about that so I kind of did that and so we got a really good answer just in general about the album um but it was nice just to kind of you know hear like oh my gosh I I hit the like I did well um but also like I was appreciative that you know you like like kind of how you said before you know like oh thanks for asking me about the question like it's something like as an interviewer you don't it doesn't really you know you don't always get any feedback like for you personally Mm -hmm. so it was like a nice moment and they were like it was a media junket so like it was busy and stuff and they seemed kind of out of it but they still were seemed engaging and it was really nice to get you know time to interview them hopefully there'll be more opportunities in the future um i got to speak to sugar recently for his uh, mini album really 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 briefly um but it also was he he said something um what is it's that perfection what is the line something about perfection being elusive and that interview happens like just as I was kind of upset about something with the book process and I saw and like I heard what he said and I was just like oh like that's true like you know he put this this like mixtape out into the world and he knows like perfection is elusive but at a certain point you just have to be like okay this is it and I'm gonna put this out and then move on to the next thing and the next thing will be even better because you build off so you know I kind of was just like that is such a good perspective and I'm gonna I made that my phone background for a while (laughs) and it's still my phone background and it just it was really inspiring and I it's something so obvious but it's just nice to hear it from someone who like I was like essentially freaking out about a book about him and he said it (laughs) Um, is it is it just the words as your phone background? Um, my friend made me some calligraphy art for it. Wow. It was really nice. So she took a nice. still from the music video and she she um, put some calligraphy over it. It was really nice. That is really nice. Nice yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> you have some great friends. I've Enjoying been with her for some books. for a drink and then I was like, or just buy a bottle of wine because who knows when we're going to go out for drinks. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was really yeah. nice of her. So would you say that was one of your favorite moments in meeting them? Um, what's my favorite moment? My favorite mm-hmm. moment in meeting them was probably actually like at, earlier during the Wings mm-hmm. tour. Um, I had a really quick interview with them. Well, it's always quick with BTS. Um, mm-hmm. and are you going I, through a translator? Sorry. Yeah. So okay. um, yes, but also it's just it's quick because when you do a media junket, it's just mm-hmm. annoying. Um, yeah. And so the interview itself was like fine and it actually was a really terrible experience with the outlet and I never wrote for them again. It was my first article for a place and like it was a disaster mm. from like day one. But the editor was great, but we did not see eye to eye. So it's not it's not my finest moments of mm. my career, but the interview itself was really great. And like before we even started, um, like they saw I didn't have a chair and I can't I can't really figure out why I still have thought about this a lot I was like why was there no chair for the other interviewers but there was no chair so one of them um I think it was J-Hope it may have been Jimin or Jin it was a long time ago mm-hmm. um he brought me a chair which was really nice and I was like okay but we have no time so like it's okay if I'm just static like let's just get to it but it was really nice because you could really see like what they felt was important was to make the interviewer comfortable and um, and then once we were done, um, you know, like they were like I was the final interview and they were done for the day. And I just remember them like 
standing in the hallway saying goodbye shaking hands while they were all eating hamburgers and I was just thinking wow they all must have been so hungry but they had this media junket so they couldn't go eat it it was just like please eat please enjoy (laughs) Uh, but it's I just I really I like one of my favorite things about my job is kind of getting to see those more human moments of k-pop stars because so much of it Mm -hmm. is like um edited or even if it's not edited like it's still like they're shiny like you'd very rare like nowadays you kind of see it more Mm -hmm. but um but it was just like please eat like (laughs) totally fine like I've had people eat during interviews and they're like is it okay and I'm like please like please just like it's fine like as long as you still talk like who cares just eat Uh, so yes (laughs) so those are like they're just like little things like the interview was fine like I just think like they seem like nice guys and they seem attentive and they seem you know, interested. It's hard, you know, for a lot of musicians because interviews are technically part of the job, but it's not the part of the job that's enjoyable for a lot of people. You know, if you don't like talking to strangers, if, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, journalists, we're nosy. So we ask Mm -hmm. questions that maybe kind of, even if they're things that like you want to talk about, they kind of maybe come like out of nowhere or something. Right. So, um, but it's, so it's always really nice to just find people who are attentive, you know, the, the recent media junket for um, the al- the recent album, like they were doing, I think I saw the roster and it was like 11 album interviews back to back. And um, it was, I don't know if it was 11, but something a lot. I was like, I wouldn't want to do so many like quick hit interviews. Like how do you come up with things different? And I remember when the interviews were coming out, like they had said something different in pretty much every single one. And I was so impressed with them. I was like, these guys are really on another level. And yeah. um, as an interviewer, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that is great. There's been times when I've interviewed someone and then I look at another interview they did. And I'm like, that's the same exact answer. And it'd be so sad. Word. <laughs> I've had word for word ones wow. sometimes. And it's so, you're just like, well, I guess you have a really good PR person. Right. <laughs> like a really good memory. <laughs> yeah, I was like really impressed. Yeah. But, you know, I get it, too. <laughs> um, and so bringing it back to Sailor Moon for a bit, yeah. if each BTS member were a Sailor Scout, who oh would they gosh. be and why? Oh, I wish I had known about this question. <laughs> yeah. I would have obsessed <laughs> about this. Oh, my gosh. Um, my first my first reaction was to say, oh, well, RM Zusagi. But then I was just like, hmm. but maybe it's Jungkook. I don't know. This is too hard to do on this spot. Um, well, I feel like the obvious one. I'm gonna start with the inner senshi just because that's easier. And there's seven, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How I'm gonna do that. Um, but I feel like Suga is is Mars. I feel like that's kind of hmm. maybe. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm just like thinking of his intensity. Um, I feel like maybe, I don't know, Jin has to be Venus because, you know, his worldwide handsome hmm. and, like, all his hearts, like, or maybe, maybe, V. I don't know, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can dial up, too, if that, if that works. Oh, I, I should have thought of this before. I should have expected this question. <laughs> I asked someone else this for, um, um, I don't know if you know the show Living Single. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked them this, and they were just like, "This person's Usagi." Like, actually, this character is actually kind of Usagi, and this character is <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, Who's Usagi? Oh my gosh! Right. I don't know, like, 
I, I guess maybe RM is Usagi because like he's really inspiring and I feel mm-hmm. like like I mean he is the leader so there is that but just right. like also um he has his introspective moments and he has his like moments where he you know brings everyone together um mm-hmm. I don't know maybe was... would it be easier to go the other way like all right that's Usagi who would be um Killer Mercury I'm like thinking of like the scouts rather than like their personalities, but mm. oh right, yeah. I, guess I don't know. Amy would be better, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's see. Mercury. Maybe. Uh, maybe like. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe V because right. he's. I think Mars is sugar makes sense. That's the only one I'm like, yes, yeah. that one, that one, a hundred percent. And like, kind of in a weird way, this is gonna be sound really weird to anyone who's listening. I'm like, J Hope is is like Chibiusa because he's just <laughs> such a ball of energy, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like not not because he's like Chibiusa, but just he is. Uh, I don't know. I'm like. I don't know. This is gonna sound like really random, but I kind of feel like V uh, is kind of like um, Helios. Like he's kind of I know you said the scouts, <laughs> I like that. but you know he's kind of like the protector. He's the one that kind of pushed the whole like I purple you thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of just like who I thought of. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, this is so hard. Okay, who did I said? I said Sugar. I'm like writing this down. <laughs> I said sugar. I am too. I said sugar, and I said B, and I said R F, and I said, said J Hope. Jin. Okay, so and I said J Hope. Okay, so it's just Jin, and oh my gosh, Jungkook. Oh my gosh, but Jungkook is just like I don't know. Oh, he's he's Jupiter. Like, like he's so put together, and he's so good at everything. Uh, I feel like that could be Pluto too. Oh Maybe. yes. I mean, it could be both. It could be both. Yes. Yeah, um, we have more scouts than we have BTS members. Yeah, now, and so. Jimin. <laughs> I don't know. Jimin. I, part of me also wants to say, like, well, maybe maybe, maybe he's Jupiter, and then mm-hmm. and Jungkook is that. So okay. We can go with that. Yeah. I don't and know. Then... Or maybe he's, maybe he's, like, Uranus. I don't know. Hmm. This is too hard! <laughs> 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 I thought that would be a fun question. <laughs> I want to make a BuzzFeed quiz for this. Honestly, it should be. <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, I think we just did. We do RM. Oh. RM. I said was. I think he was Usagi. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we got all them. Sugar is Mars. V is Helios. RM yeah. is Usagi. Jin is Venus. Uh, who did I say? J Hope was Chibiusa. Yep. Jungkook was Jupiter. Maybe Jimin is Jupiter. Yeah, you said you, you switched it because yeah. you put and then, as Pluto. Yeah. And yeah. Jungkook is Pluto. Yeah. Because he is kind of aloof and he does kind of like do his own thing but then he also, you know, has all the power. Right. Oh, yeah. That's good. That works then. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a team effort. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Like, indulging me. I would have overthought this for like an hour. I'm still going to think about this for the rest of the night. I'm just going to be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> well, you can totally email me your theories later. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yes. 
Please do. Um, <laughs> and obviously you love Sailor Moon. Obviously you love BTS. But uh, what else do you stand? Um, I mean, I stand other K-pop groups also. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fantasy and romance reader. I'm a big mm-hmm. books person. Um, actually, I wanted to mention this. I thought about this earlier and I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sarah Rowley. She's a YA author. And she has um, her, her series, uh, what's it called again? F- the Effigy series. It's a trilogy and it's, it's essentially like magical girls. And, beca- and it's really cool because it's, it's, um, it's like a kind of Buffy meets Sailor Moon meets K-pop in a weird way because there's also like this media criticism element because they're magical girls. So, you know, if it was like a boy group of magical boys, like they would be like, you know, the saviors of the planet but because mm-hmm. it's girls like people are like oh well you know she's so pretty we should get her on a magazine cover even though you know she also has to save the world so it's like this right. actual um sub story sub like part of the story and i think it's so cool so it's it's a really cool series so i like to suggest it to everyone who likes sailor moon or buffy or k-pop because it's a really fun blend of those things yeah. um so sarah Rowley, her oh. books i've been reading them recently um I, I don't know what have I been doing lately. I've I've been binging Run BTS. I was like, I've watched a lot of it, but I was like, I've never done a whole stint of it. So I'm going to go from one to the present before my book comes out. So wish me luck. I'm going to do it. Um, there's yes. currently a hundred and I think nine episodes. Um, I don't know. What am I doing? I just, I just, I've watched a lot of K-dramas. I just watched Search mm-hmm. WWW, which was really good and a nice change of pace if you're a k-drama watcher because it's like the romance was almost like not i don't think every k-drama people always you know stereotype k-dramas oh they're just about the romance but there's a lot that aren't and this was one of them and it's it's, search www yeah it's about women who work in um essentially like um search companies search engine companies so like in korea search portals are really big deal and they um think like how facebook it's a big deal. So Naver and Line, uh, right. sorry, Naver and Dalm are the actual ones. So in the show, they mm-hmm. had two rival ones and the women kind of came to the center of like all these controversies and all this work and all these issues about real time searches and politics and stuff. It was really fascinating because they it was it's a real thing. And I was like watching this and I was like, oh, this is probably a reference to like this political thing that happened in Korea recently. Right. And it was just so cool. Um, what else am I into? I, I like I'm really into everything like I have a podcast called nice Jewish fangirls it's mm. currently inactive because corona has made us just lose our minds um but usually we talk about like what we're interested in um one of I, I like I'm just interested in everything <laughs> I really love a lot of things um, I love a good story like if even if it's not you know medium I'm particularly interested in like I'm not a big it's funny because we're on a Sailor Moon podcast but I'm actually not a big like anime fan. I'm not really mm. into um, like animated shows all that often. Like, but then I watch this and I watch the Dragon Prince. I am a huge Digimon fan. If anybody Ooh. who's listening is a Digimon fan, hit me up. <laughs> I need some more in the world. Digimon is so much better than Pokemon. Pokemon is just <laughs> cockfighting, and Digimon is about friendships and saving the world. I and love both of those things. Yeah. Uh, they're both so good, but Digimon mm. is better. Uh, <laughs> I will die on that hill. When, I see. Um, I, have no, uh, I have no skin in either game. I was late to Pokemon, and I've watched some Digimon. So yeah, 
it's so good there's a new series going on right now and i'm excited to watch the whole thing um but also nervous because what if they mess it up um they did mess up the movies but that's a that's a story for another day i don't know i'm just into a lot of things like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm into candles recently i'm into nail Mm -hmm. art i really want some cool sailor moon nail art but i'm not i'm like i'm into subtle fandom things like i'm not somebody Mm -hmm. who like blasts like i'm a I'm like a, I want to say like I'm a sneaky fan, like Mm -hmm. for both professional and private reasons. Like I've just never been really comfortable being like, I am a fan, which is hilarious because my life is a fandom (laughs) thing. Um, So like, I'm really into, you know, like mugs that have um, like something like a screenshot of a music video scene or something, Mm -hmm. but like only that I know is like, I'm really into the subtle things. So like I've had nails that are like nail art that's inspired by bloodstone and tears music video so i took like those same shades of purple um mm-hmm. from like the early scenes and put them into nail art um uh-huh. and so i'm always thinking of like how could i represent pluto in like a subtle way so i've yeah. I've, I've, I've talked about it with my nail artist we've thought of things and yeah. then corona happened <laughs> i love that um, i've talked about this with my nail artist well, it's great Nail art is like, I'm not going to say it's my only indulgence because mm-hmm. I definitely buy a lot of earrings and shoes mm-hmm. because they always fit. This is my thing. Like, I'm not going to be the most fashionable ever, but I will have great earrings and shoes because just I know how to wear those. Um, but I work from home and the only thing I see all day is my screen and my nails. So mm-hmm. I I like let myself indulge and I have a great nail artist in Manhattan if anybody's interested um but right now I'm just like have normal purple nail polish and it's okay but I think like everybody like I have I don't know my my work is kind of my hobby because I love K-pop so much and I've kind of turned into this thing so there are like I don't it's like funny because I don't have so much I don't want to say like time or investment into other fandoms nowadays or other hobbies or stuff but it's always like well why am I just not just watching another, you know, BTS video or something, because I know that's going to make me happy. Why would I watch something new? What if it's terrible? Uh, so, but nail art is kind of like something so removed from like media. And so like having those sessions are like therapy to me. Um, so even though it's yeah. indulgent and I'm always like, why are you spending this money when you can just paint your nails a solid color for free? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's my, I don't know. And, and I kind of play Sailor Moon. This is going to be weird. But you know, like <laughs> when they transform. That was mm-hmm. the best part when they got the nail polish. She was like, oh, oh this yeah. machine. The, like sparkle. Yes. And it's just magically a color. It's like, that's impossible. I want it. Um, yes. But yeah, nobody should be like, I mean, spend money on nail art if you want. But it, mm-hmm. I, it is something that I like laugh at myself about. Yeah. yeah I'm always tempted to. Um, I go down Etsy rabbit holes all the time of Sailor Moon stuff and they always have like really cool like press on nail art I'm like one day I'm gonna get this (laughs) do it I've seen some um like uh nail polishes that are inspired Mm. by the scouts and I'm always tempted to buy the Pluto one awesome that sounds great yeah it's really fun yeah I recently started painting my nails more often I bought like this purplish beige color that's mm. working really well as a nude for me Ooh. so and i really it's really pretty that's but, nice. yeah. i have a light purple on where and now so we're clearly in the same mindset yes. this is yeah. my um it's like 
uh, BTS purple color. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm not taking this off until the book is out. It's like my superstition. <laughs> and it's funny because like people keep on asking me like, why haven't you done a photo shoot with your book with like the army bomb yet? And right. like their light stick. And it's just like, well, that's in my apartment. And I'm currently living with my parents because mm. they have a yard and I do not. And yeah. Corona is Corona. Yeah, you need a yard. Yeah, so I have I have to go pick it up so I can do a photo shoot with it, and I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like into weird things. Like people always laugh at me because I'm like so into K-pop and I'm so into like fandom culture and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then I'm like, my favorite TV show that's not like fandom related is The Great British Bake Off wow, <laughs> because <yeah>. like <laughs> I need a total 180. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Mm. I. And I'm like a missionary for it. Like I tried to get people to watch the Great Finish Big Off. I think it is so good. The earlier seasons are better. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I really love a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have variety. It's good to to love a lot of things. I do too. I like. Yeah, I don't know. I like a lot of things too. People are like people like know me for Sailor Moon, but I'm like I also like all these comic books and all these TV shows and all these movies and all these people and. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I, mean, I are, Like, people who don't love a lot of things, like, I just don't get it. Yeah. I had a teacher one time who, like, didn't like TV's movies. Like, TV, either TV shows or movies. And I was like, how? Like, I didn't know that was that was possible. Did they like books? They like books, yeah. I... But just not. And it, it, made, it doesn't make sense. Now, looking back, it makes sense a little bit. But I'm also just like, how? Yeah, I mean, I guess... Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has their own thing, but mm-hmm. but I don't, like, get it. Like, I yeah. honestly, I don't understand people who don't, like... Oh, she didn't like music. That's what it was. That's <gasps> why it was so weird. Yeah. She didn't like music. I, I know. Mean, it was weird. I was just like, how do you not like music? Like, I understand yeah. not having, like, intense choices, like, mm-hmm. feelings about music, but not liking music? Yeah. Oh, I hope she's changed her mind. Me too. <laughs> that's so sad yeah yeah she's my english teacher too so you would think i feel like well the artsies but anyway yeah i don't know <laughs> what does she do while she reads books don't listen to music okay i guess not silence well, i guess when you're really focused yeah um but yeah <laughs> but yeah so i'm happy to hear i also i think i don't think you named anything that i also don't love um yeah <laughs> also love buffy also, Buffy. Buffy Dragon Prince. Um, I actually Prince. haven't watched a great British Break Off, but it is on my list. You should watch it. But, like, it's you have totally to start at the early seasons that are on Netflix. Don't start with the most recent one because they change the judges and it's, like, not as good anymore. But mm. it's still okay. It's If, like, you love it, you'll enjoy it. But, like, mm. it doesn't have the charm anymore. Yeah. I really like Rhythm and Flow as a um, competition show. I mean, I know Great British Break Off isn't necessarily, like, a competition show. Mm. I haven't watched it. it. I'm going to put it on my list. But, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was that was fun for me to watch. Um, it just felt yeah, it was nice. Did you see yeah. that the Dragon Prince has been extended? I didn't. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they they confirmed that Netflix will do the entire story, so all seven seasons. Are gonna be oh wow! Netflix. Yes, <laughs> I they, didn't realize it was seven seasons. Yeah, I mean, seven. You know, wor- yeah. They announced that's it awesome. during their Comic Con panel, but the the mm. crew, the cast didn't know. So they got to, Aww. so like the video's floating around on Twitter. It's really cute because they're that's all like, awesome. wait, what did you just say? Right. It's so cute. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, after like Avatar basically 
broke the internet when it got put on Netflix. Yeah. I feel like we should just give them everything at this point. And Cora's coming out soon. I'm excited because yeah. I've never, I haven't finished it. Um, okay. I didn't like it as much. I feel bad saying mm-hmm. that, but like, yeah. it was darker and more like mm-hmm. it's funny because Avatar, like Airbender, was pretty intense. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just more, more mature, and I was just like, I'm not in this headspace right now. But I'm excited for it to come back because I think I think there's something so wonderful about kids shows that have like meaning, and I think most kids mm-hmm. shows, you know, on most levels do have some meaning, but like kids shows like like avatar and dragon prince and and even sailor moon like the Mm -hmm. the message isn't just for kids like it's not like like paw patrol or something where it's like to teach children how to do something right it's like children you should know these good things for life and how to be a good person yeah yeah i like that too about kids shows or shows you know targeted for children they're That's definitely not joy. only for children. They are <laughs> like, not. like yeah. the Dragon Prince. I don't think I've ever met a child who watches it. That's a good point. Are they just are are like millennials <laughs> like a new target audience? I'm guessing because I I feel like people in my age group. I think are the only people I know who watch it. But they're people who grew up on like Avatar. I th- I think maybe like because it's a TV it thing, but like there are definitely. Mm-hmm. Like kids who don't have tel like broadcast any like they don't have television yeah. they just have streaming platforms I don't know yeah. there has to be some like kids yeah I don't know any kids who watch Kipo in the age of the wildies I think it's called yeah I gotta yeah. think of that maybe I just don't know enough kids also I don't really hang out <laughs> or know many I have like either. nieces and a nephew mm-hmm. but the oldest one is only six maybe I'll yeah. ask her cousin what she watches but it's definitely just like Disney. Just yeah, Disney Plus. Stuff with stuffings and stuff. <laughs> Disney Plus changed the game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, The Mandalorian. I'm really into The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, that's good. Baby Yoda. So cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just into a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I've like I'm lucky enough that I've made my job out of things that I love. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love it because let's be honest, there is never enough money in writing to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Like, writing is a labor of love and and i said it to a friend recently like they were just writing um, they were actually writing a fanfic and i said to them like you don't need to write this for anyone you're writing it because you feel that you need to tell this story to other people right and and i think all writing is like that like sure obviously like there are days when i'm just sitting there writing like a like a quick news hit or something and it's like who really cares because like every website is gonna write this but then you get all the features and that's what mm-hmm. makes it worthwhile like um if you are interested if anybody's listening or you are interested um i did a really interesting interview with a singer um whose name is lim kim and she mm-hmm. used to be kind of this like jazzy pop singer all pop singer in korea and she was really really popular and she suddenly went nowhere and mm-hmm. then she came back with this album called um generation and it's it's she is pissed like she is pissed at at the industry at the world she went to school in jersey and she saw a lot of racism here and her album is essentially about the asian females place both in you know in korea and the world at large and what she like had to say it just like i was really just thinking after i finished the interview i was just like you know sometimes i'm just like why am i 
you know, talking about boy bands and girl groups all day, because even though I love them, like who else loves them? But then, you know, at the end of the day, everything is a story mm-hmm. and it all like, I think like the storytelling, you know, we don't have like, I don't know if you watch The Witcher, but like, yes. we don't have bards. We don't like, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, yeah, no one's going around singing for us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> give The Witcher a penny. Nope. We don't do that. Um, nope. We just, we send emails. Yes. Follow up emails. <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I kind of like think of like cultural writing kind of as filling that space. Mm -hmm. Like obviously you can talk about something in a social media space, like a celebrity can say something, but like when you're telling a story, you're giving it context and cultural like backgrounds and you kind of like can pinpoint more than just a moment. You can highlight a whole story kind of like, I don't know how some great songs do it. And that's kind of my approach to writing. So Mm -hmm. I don't remember how I got to that point, but that's, yeah. I don't know. It's what I do. And I, I, sometimes I wish like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I can't wait until like five years from now when I'm even better because, you know, it's still a learning process. Everything in life is, mm-hmm. but they're, I don't know. It's so meaningful, I think, to tell other people's stories and also your own. But I think mm-hmm. I'm more of a person who is not super comfortable. It's not that I'm not comfortable talking. I'm very comfortable talking. I'm not comfortable <laughs> talking about myself. Right. So telling other people's stories and highlighting other people's you know successes and sometimes you know bad things because news is not only Mm -hmm. good um and reporting is not only good stuff unfortunately Mm -hmm. but I think just telling other people's stories is something that I find happiness in and I don't know maybe kids shows help me with that because I don't know I'm thinking about it you know so many kids shows start with narration and Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know now I'm thinking about my relationship with kids shows I have to think about this the Dragon yeah. Prince and all of narration. I've just been in a Dragon mm. Prince mood falling down a well again this week because mm. of the news. Yeah, no, understandable. Um, you know, it kind of actually leads me to my next question too. Like, what advice do you have for aspiring writers or current writers who either want to write about K-pop superstars or just want to, you know, write about music in general? Um, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Um, <laughs> no, do it. Don't expect the industry to be kind like really it's really a shitty thing to hear as the first advice but like it's really hard to be a a journalist right now it's really hard to be Mm -hmm. a cultural journalist right now it's really hard to be a music journalist right now so it's just really hard like you hear so many stories about let alone journalists but just writers who like are living in their cars because like book advances are so little um so like you have to really want it like I've never met somebody doing this professionally who doesn't like feel the urge like the need to write um I'm sure there are some out there you know I don't know why um Mm -hmm. but I think you need to really feel you know the the passion you know definitely there are days when I'm like why do I do this and like why am I writing like who cares but that passion always like finds itself and you always find like a way to the words and I think it's something I think I think the world's hard enough you don't need to make your life harder by pursuing something that brings you no joy so unless it's something I don't know I'm kind of being really negative but I think it's really like wonderful how many people want to pursue this but I think it is heartbreaking to see how many people try and then fail and like I'm not saying not to try and fail because that's 
a good experience in its own way mm-hmm. in retrospect but like it's so hard to get into this like I am I began writing for Billboard in 2016 and I've never had a full-time job writing mm-hmm. um and that's something that I don't really expect to get and I'm you know luckily I'm successful and I'm diligent and I make it work but some days you know I think wow I cannot make this work right now like this is not going to happen and you hear so many stories across the industry about that music journalism is just so hard but then on the flip side right now we're also seeing uh, like honestly a glorious time where newsletters are really coming to kind of step in where music blogs were Mm -hmm. so even though the industry is kind of shit and falling apart in the age of corona um, music writing isn't so there's such good music writing now like literally newsletters just arrive in your inbox and I get so like I get so inspired reading what other music writers are saying about their relationships with music about stories that they're telling about different artists and stuff or news or you know industry analysis just whatever it is it's so inspiring to see people and some of them you know some of them are free and some of them you know I pay a dollar for a month or um, a few dollars I pay I think the most I pay for a newsletter is seven dollars a month and that's quite a lot of money and I thought about it but I really like that writer's um, Mm -hmm. work it's um, I have to check that I'm not going to say his twitter name um that happens to me a lot too someone asked me the other day if I knew someone and I was like no and I was like wait is it this twitter person um it happens all the time yeah um it's Gary Suarez he writes about Mm -hmm. hip-hop um he's um Noyoko no at on Twitter and I really like his perspective and like I'm not you know I'm a I'm a pop girl and mm-hmm. uh, but I love hip-hop also but like I'm not like so in tune with like the hip-hop scene so I always mm-hmm. read his newsletters and appreciate him and I like want him to be thriving so like as so these newsletters I think are really cool because you can literally you know when you're subscribing to a website yeah hopefully they'll pay the staff um right decently but when it's a newsletter I can be like okay fine it's seven dollars a month but I'm paying someone whose work I like and it's like me kind of saying I'm gonna pay you Mm -hmm. so I've kind of had a reckoning personally about um like paying for content recently because I don't know it's so easy to get stuff for free nowadays but it's also you know there's still people putting it out there um paying for it yeah so I just think I think we're living kind of (laughs) I keep I would like during this period of the corona timeline, I keep on thinking of the first line of A Tale of Two Cities, which, like, it's so funny because, like, you know, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, mm-hmm. and it really does feel that way, like, for music journalism. So I think the advice, if I have to give advice, is, mm-hmm. like, do it because you love it and know it's going to be hard, but do it anyway because it's worth it. Like, it's so worth it to get other people's perspectives out there like your perspective as a, as a writer, um, the people who you're talking to's perspective. Like, I really think, like, maybe not, don't expect to make it your career or maybe do it on the side or, you know, do try to make it your career, but it, it's hard. Uh, but just do it regardless, whether it's a, you know, a blog or a newsletter or you're writing for, you know, the cover of Rolling Stone. I think it's worth trying. And I think it's mm-hmm. worth doing because, I really do feel like, you know, for all the chaos that social media is, like, it is so wonderful that everybody kind of can have a say. And yeah, I think, I think the world can only be helped by more diverse perspectives and more people trying to do things. So even if 
even if you feel eventually like it's a failure or you feel despondent about it I think the Mm -hmm. effort itself and the like you know not everybody is a great writer even people Mm -hmm. who want to be writers sometimes are not great writers but nobody's a great writer on day one like nobody knew their a b and c's out of the womb so I think it's always worth trying even if it's hard and like there are times when like there were times when like I was working on this book and I was just like how can I write another you know 20,000 words on this like Mm. am I done yet and it's just like (laughs) nope and and I'm I like like flip through it now and I'm like oh shit I didn't write that thing like and I'm just like okay fine it'll be the next thing uh it'll be the next book I write or if go into an article or something like I think words are so wonderful because they're not limited like they're only limited by kind of like your understanding of language and so I think go for it but no it's hard but like everything Mm -hmm. in life that's worthwhile is hard yeah yeah there's times like I used to write a lot more before um and I love it but of course it was like so tiring and so underpaid (laughs) but I still like nowadays I'm like I miss writing and I I still want to write once you Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's always the sign of a writer like when you miss (laughs) miss writing like I started writing when I was studying abroad in Korea and it was like Mm -hmm. I was in Korea I was studying abroad why wasn't I like out at bars and clubs more why was I sitting in my dorm writing Mm -hmm. and it was because like there were things that I wanted to write about and then I would go out and hang out with my friends and stuff but you like I feel like writers have that itch I want to read psychological research on that like what is that like why why do we want to write things for other people I don't know I'm so interested in the world and I love I love I love like knowing more and learning more I think the world is fascinating yeah I mean that's that's all the signs of a writer I think just curiosity and just like I'm interested in everything (laughs) yep and even if I hate it like I'm still interested in it yep yeah, very much. So, um, and then just like you know, Sailor Moon had the Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode. So when you were getting babysat and watching Toonami, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would your phrase be? So Sailor Tamar says, Sailor Tamar says, "Love yourself, do your best, and send that email." So that's my that's my Sailor says. Awesome. And then what's next for you? And where can people find you? Um. What's next for me? I'm still hustling along, so I'm still writing about K-pop. I just revamped mm-hmm. my website, so it's just tamarherman.com, but now it draws from my Forbes and Billboard feeds, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I have to like do all my old stuff, but like all my new stuff is now in like this nice little like it almost looks like an Instagram page of my articles, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty excited because it is so annoying to post things onto websites like personal <laughs> portfolios. Yeah. Um, so that's a good starter place. I'm usually hanging out on Twitter sometimes on Instagram at Tamar writes like because I'm a writer mm-hmm. um, and I'm still writing about K-pop excited about my book coming out on August 11th Yay. it is so exciting um, and I'm actually already working on the next book but I don't have anything to say about it yet but mm-hmm. it's it's exciting and mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just excited to share more of what I do with the world and, and you know I hope I hope people enjoy the book and if you don't, I'm going to still be enjoying it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm very excited for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I'm very excited for this new book you're working on that I know nothing about. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really happy you're able to come on the show. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Yeah. Thanks for 
coming on. Um, and once again, I'm Victoria, aka Miss Old School. It's Old School with a K. And you can find Sarah and the Fan Club podcast on Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney underscore Club on Instagram. And like, subscribe, and leave some comments, guys. And thank you again for coming on the show. Once again, I like to say it a lot, but because I enjoy saying it. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was so much fun.